And actually, only like three years ago when I found out about non-monogamy was uh, the point where I actually also deconstructed all the other aspects of my life. The, it was the point where I stopped feeling like I am wrong and I don't fit because I just, I don't know, I realized that I'm not here in, in this world to find out the one man, the one career, the one hobby. I can experience it all. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from all over the world to hear their personal journeys of self-discovery through the lenses of love, sex, and relationships. Our mission is to show people that they're not alone and to inspire them to embrace their true selves so that together we can open minds and live authentically without shame. We believe everyone's story is powerful and beautiful, yet it's important to remember that everyone does life a little bit differently and that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we aren't doctors. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 313. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Mariana. Mariana is in her early 30s. She's from Portugal, and she identifies as polyamorous. She's in a mono-poly dynamic with her partner of about five years and has another partner of about a year. Yeah, this is an incredible conversation, and so, I mean, so many amazing things in here, but sort of the underlying thread around all of this is the the work that that has been done, not just for her, but also her partner and partners yeah. to really become who they are, pushing against norms and all of the status quo and all of the things we're taught to really break out, become who you are, explore that, lean into it, and how they have been able to support each other in doing that. Yeah, she really walks us through a lot of the challenges and the beautiful things that have happened to get to where she is today. Yeah, a huge amount of gratitude to Mariana and her partners for coming on. I mean, her partners aren't here, but supporting her and being here and also supporting her in the work that she does in creating the relationship design game, Yes, which she will talk about later on in the episode. But It is amazing. We own a copy. We do, and we've played it. And we highly recommend you grab yourself a copy. There are links in the podcast show notes to grab a copy. And if you use the offer code Emma, you save 10% off, which is amazing. And we hope you check it out and get it. One more quick thing. Yes, one more quick thing. So... As longtime listeners might know, one of the ways we like to break nerves if people are really nervous in, at the beginning of an interview is to maybe talk about sandwiches. <laughs> you may have heard this before. It happens in this episode. And because Mariana's not from the U.S., we have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation about what a grilled cheese is. Yes. <laughs> it only lasts for about three or four minutes, but... It's we, pro- a- we promise it doesn't take over the conversation. No. the This conversation is incredible. Okay. That's the last thing I wanted to say. Just a fun, quick disclaimer that just hang in there for the sandwich conversation. It's worth it. It's one of our better sandwich conversations. It is. It is. And the rest of the interview. For anyone who's a premium subscriber, we're going to launch right into the interview with Mariana now. And for anyone else, we're going to go through our announcements, which is first up, if you're not familiar with the premium subscription, it's a way to skip these announcements up front, jump right into the interview. To sign up, go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, scroll down on the homepage, and you'll find buttons to sign up right there. You didn't sound as exciting about as excited about these announcements as we normally are. Uh, maybe I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're not. <laughs> you're really trying to drive people to the premium subscription. Yeah. yeah. Or I mean, we're we're trying to keep our announcements concise. They're really important. They we, are. We do them every week because they are important. They're actually how we keep this podcast going. That is true. <laughs> and how we bring you community. So first up about community on November seventeenth, just a few weeks away, we have our next virtual meet and greet. These are a way that any. Anybody and everybody can come together, meet people from around the world for a few hours, and it's a great time. We use Zoom. We use Zoom breakout rooms. We ask questions. We scramble rooms. Everybody has a great time, and it's amazing. You can sign up on the events tab of our website or on the little, like, banner at the top I know on, that, on the homepage. That banner is sexy. It is. On that homepage. <laughs> Again, that's November 17th. It's a Friday evening. Come join us. 
Next up, we want to remind you if maybe you're needing more than just a virtual meet and greet to satiate your community needs, we have a virtual community of almost 300 people who come together from around the world all day, every day in a app, a platform that we use. It's called Mighty Networks, but it's it's sort of like Facebook if Facebook didn't suck and wasn't full of a bunch of shitty people being racist assholes. <laughs> sure. That's, yeah. that's how I would describe it. So <laughs> it's full of love. It's full of support. It's five bucks a month. We would love to have you join us. We do a monthly Zoom Q&A. We do monthly men's and women's group. We also offer weekly support groups as part of the community as well. They're a little bit more than the $5 a month, but $5 a month gets you a whole lot of yumminess for less than a cup of coffee. Yes. So please check it out. Head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com or in your podcast player show notes below. Click on the community tab and you will see exactly how to find out more about it. Sign up, apply, and we will see you in there. Also, if you've been listening to recent episodes, you know that we have launched a new series called Ask Us Anything. These are going to be monthly episodes with Finn and Miche, who is a wonderful badass human and relationship coach with Expansive Connection. And they are answering your questions. Your questions. The first episode dropped October 17th. The next one will be in the end of November. But we need your questions. So please go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Click on the episodes tab. You'll see a button for the Ask Us Anything episodes and you can leave us a question right there. We would love to answer your questions. And also, finally, while you're on our website, go over to the resources tab, check out our favorite way to get tested for STIs. It is stdcheck.com. It is really a, such a fast and simple and discreet way to get tested for STIs by using the offer code on our website or the links, I should say, by using the links on our website, you get $10 off making a 10 panel test, only $129. And you also support the podcast. So thank you very much for using those links. And you support the greater non-monogamous community by, and sex positive community by knowing your sexual health status so you can share that with all of the people who you might play the relationship design game with. Yes. Even if the relationship you're designing is a one-night stand relationship. Yes, exactly. Exactly. There we go. And with that, a quick reminder, we would love for you to reach out to us, send us a voicemail, send us an email, uh, and you can find that information on the contact page on our website. And with that, we will go and talk to Mariana now. Welcome to the podcast, Mariana. We're excited to talk to you today, and we're just excited to learn about your your life and your relationships and who you are. And your work, because we know work. you've got some incredible work, yes. so we're excited about that as well. So good morning slash afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> we would love, actually, Finn, you said you had an icebreaker. No, I do. Well, let's start with introducing yourself, and then I have a wonderful icebreaker question for us, because we've determined there are nerves in the room. Emma's really nervous today. <laughs> yeah, well, it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very nervous. This is my first time on a podcast. Uh, but I'm also so excited to be here because I'm a very big fan of your work and your podcast was really important to me. So I, I'm very happy I challenged myself to be here today and I will uh, do my best to get over the nerves. So yeah, um, about a little bit about myself. Um, my name is Mariana and I am 31 years old. I'm from Portugal and I live here um, in the countryside. I'm a polyamorous woman and um, I'm a designer. I'm involved in uh, several projects, but uh, I would say the two main ones are one uh, project that I have with my boyfriend, uh, which is a woodworking and design project. And then more recently, I've created the relationship design game, which is a game to help people design their relationships, like relationships that truly serve them. Yeah, but I guess we can talk about that a bit later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, and we have a copy. We do and we played it. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So well, your, your design chops are next level. <laughs> we're 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 thrilled. Thank you. So the the question I had for you, well, it's a And we are going to get we are going to get back into your work. Yes. We, we want to hear all about it. So we'll, first we'll come we back to, to that. First we have to talk about sandwiches. 
I know. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know all of the national foods in Portugal, but are, is grilled cheese a thing? Mm, no, not really. But you, you're familiar with the idea, the concept? Of grilled cheese? Mm, no, not really, actually. <laughs> okay, well, what's the national, what's, what's a, what's a, what is the national sandwich of Portugal? I don't know mm-hmm. that this is going to catch some flack, people thinking <laughs> that, that the grilled cheese is the national sandwich of the U.S., but I don't know that that's far off. <laughs> well, I'm actually a vegetarian, um, but I would say the nat- national sandwich of Portugal is bread with meat. It's called a bifana. And we are just a very greasy steak on uh, bread. Yeah. Well, that sounds delicious. <laughs> for, for those of us who aren't vegetarians. All right. So if you got a you got a vegetarian version of the sandwich, when you cut it, do you cut your sandwiches diagonally or straight across? What is your preferred sandwich cutting method? And there is only one correct answer. Mm, that's hard. I think I cut it straight across, but I think most restaurants will cut it diagonally. So this might be a uh, sign that I don't really fit in the system. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that's what we're here to talk about today is yeah. how you don't fit into the system. So that's perfect. That's amazing. So with, with grilled cheese... And what, what Finn said, there is not a correct answer. There is not. So with grilled cheese, <laughs> you have to dunk it in tomato soup. And for me, my preference is to cut diagonally for the dunking. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. I was going to say, what if somebody's listening they don't know what a grilled cheese sandwich is? Because that is a possibility. So what you do to make I the... don't know what it is. Okay. <laughs> so what if somebody we're talking to has no clue? The first seven minutes of this show will be all about grilled cheese. You take, you take two pieces of bread. You butter both sides. I don't care what anybody says. You butter both sides of each piece of bread. You take your favorite cheese slices. You put them between the two pieces of bread. You put them in a hot pan that probably should have a little bit of butter in it as well. There's, lo- there's a lot of butter. A lot of butter in this system. <laughs> and then you cook it on both sides over and over and over until it is golden brown and delicious and the cheese is melty. Then you cut it diagonally and then you dunk it in tomato soup with a little bit of basil and then you eat it. Well, that sounds delicious and very healthy. <laughs> it is. It's super healthy because it's the, vegetarian. All the butter and the cheese and the bread. <laughs> it's a vegetarian dish, so therefore it is healthy. <laughs> And I'm seeing that there's a market in Portugal to start a grilled cheese <laughs> and tomato soup cart yeah. that I just push around. Definitely. And, Come yeah. here and start a grilled cheese uh, restaurant, please. I will be there for sure. Yep. I Noted. Got it. Put it on your put it on your bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> the list's getting long. All right. So back to you pushing against all of the boundaries and norms of the world. Let's talk about your relationships. You said you're polyamorous, and we would love to just hear a little bit about maybe what that looks like for you today, and then we're going to go back in time and figure out when did that come into your life and how. Mm, Sure. So right now, I am in two uh, very loving relationships. I've been with my boyfriend for over five years now. And we, we live together, we own a house and a business together, we have a dog and chickens and all of that. <laughs> Our lives are very entangled together. And I started exploring non-monogamy with him, although he is monogamous. So that has been a hell of a journey. <laughs> and then um, I am together with my with a partner, male partner, um, for about a year now, and it has been a great experience. We have a lot in common. He was ac- actually very involved in the creation of the relationship design game as well. Non-monogamy was completely new to him actually when we met, and. Mm, well, I guess he's, I guess, no, he is very interested in it. But I think because we have been living this super intense uh, NRE phase, he didn't have the time yet to explore. But we, well, I think that time will come because um, we talk so much about it and we are both open to it. But it it just didn't happen yet. 
So yeah, I am in those two relationships. I'm not looking for uh, no for any other relationships at the moment. It is already a lot for me. And uh, actually, more recently, this last couple of months, I I think I'm going to this through this transitioning phase where um, I'm leaning more towards I don't know if people would call it that, but solo poly maybe, because I really feel that I need to um, invest more in the relationship with myself and invest more in creating community and maybe become less dependent on my partners and have more a more independent lifestyle. So yeah, I, I'm not really ready to talk about that yet because it's still a work in progress. But yeah, things are always changing. And part of this is also to accept that and to be able to communicate that with my partners. Yeah. 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 I think that's very, I mean, that's very common, right? Every, everyone is constantly growing and changing throughout life. Um, mm. Looking back, like when did non-monogamy enter your world? Mm. Yeah. So non-monogamy as a concept, uh, only entered my life, um, around three years ago, but I think, um, I have been questioning the script that society, um, offers us or, uh, impose us, uh, since way longer ago. And I think I, I can track it back to when I was around 14 years old and uh, here in Portugal, at least at their a- that age, you already have to make some choices in school that will narrow down your career uh, possibilities in the future. So that for me was the beginning of my <laughs> anxiety journey <laughs> because I couldn't decide and I didn't want to decide uh, you know, you have to choose between science or uh, literature or uh, arts. And I just wanted to try everything and to learn about everything. And that made me feel that I didn't fit. So I ended up repeating the 10th grade like four times because I was always changing between paths. And actually, only like three years ago when I found out about non-monogamy, was uh, the point where I actually also deconstructed all the other aspects of my life. The, it was the point where I stopped feeling like I am wrong and I don't fit because I just, I don't know, I realized that I'm not here in, in this world to find out the one man, the one career, the one hobby. I can experience it all. And, um, well, of course, within my uh, energy and time, <laughs> the time that I have available, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. At some point, like, at some point, I know that you have to focus on something in some, if, for example, I don't know if you have a baby or if you're writing a thesis or if you have a disease, something like that. Um, but in general, I just felt that such a huge weight was uh, taken out of my back when I found out that there was other people uh, doing life according to what they really wanted and they really desired for their lives instead of just following the scripts that were provided. Yeah. Yeah. So coming back to relationships, um, I started dating when I was around 14 years old and I was doing it all wrong. Um, I can't blame myself, I think, because no one taught me a different way. I was a serial monogamous. I was monkey branching, all of that cheating. And uh, I was super codependent on my partners. And I was doing that because I thought that if I was in love with someone, I couldn't uh, feel attraction for someone else. And every time I was feeling attraction or any kind of feeling for someone new, I would leave the relationship where I was to um, start this new relationship and to find out where, where that would lead me. And, well, that went on for around 10 years. 
And actually, at that time, I was maybe 25, and I was still super confused about my career and about what I wanted to do in life. And uh, my self-esteem was a mess, and I got myself into this super toxic relationship. Um, there was no physical violence, but it was very emotion emotionally violent uh, in the sense that he was super jealous and he would uh, control me a lot. And uh, like I, I couldn't be friends with my ex-boyfriends who were super important people in my life. And uh, even like the things that I was wearing, he was trying to control and... Also, I became that person. I was super jealous. Like we would go through each other's phones and control each other's life. And we were fighting all the time. So I was exhausted. And I was exhausted to a point where I knew I had to get out of this this relationship, but I couldn't do it. So it was a really, really hard time in my life. But uh, gladly I had... uh, the money to go through therapy and that helped a lot. And eventually I got out of that relationship and looking back, it was a horrible time. And I I hope people don't have to go through such a horrible experience to uh, find out what they want, but it was my process. And I found out what I didn't want for my life at that point. So That was super important for me. And from then, that moment on, I really invested on myself and on my inner work. And I went through a lot of therapy. And yeah, it was just a good time where I had a lot of fun. And I was single for the first time in since ever, (laughs) since I was a child. And I was I was in a good a good time at that moment. So that's when I met my boyfriend, uh, my current boyfriend. And we started building an amazing relationship where we valued our independence a lot, but we also moved in together and started a business together and everything. And all all was going great until suddenly I felt attraction for someone. And I was so sad because I thought, shit, now I have to end this relationship. This is my pattern. There's nothing I can do about it. My feelings for this other person were, were super strong because I was, I was feeling like my heart beating and I wanted to pursue that. But I also wanted to stay with my boyfriend because the, our re- relationship is so great and everything was so great. So, well, I did what people do. I Googled it <laughs> and... <laughs> I found out about consensual non-monogamy and I was like, wow, this is amazing. This, uh, there's other people going through this and maybe I'm not such a weirdo. Maybe there's a, a chance to make this work. Maybe we don't have to break up. And that's when I found your podcast, actually. And it helped me so much to listen to all those stories of people with different backgrounds and different experiences and uh, just designing life to their own needs. And all of that was great. But the problem was that my boyfriend wasn't really interested in it because we are very different people. I really need to chase um, novelty in my life. I love starting new projects and Um, he's much more of a person who likes stability and he likes to, uh, be very good at something and working on something until, until he's very good at it. So I guess, and I always had a very strong sexual urge while he didn't necessarily. So it was a bit hard mostly because I was already like super feeling these super intense feelings for someone else. But eventually we talked a lot about it and we went through therapy together and I was always sending him your uh, episodes and (laughs) other podcasts, (laughs) like highlighting stuff in books and giving it to him. And I don't know, we had a very good relationship and still have, and we always supported each other. So eventually we could make it work. 
And yeah, that's that's how it all started. <laughs> that is amazing. And I see yeah. the parallels so strongly between you have fallen in love and you're building this amazing relationship with your boyfriend and then you have the attraction and it's like you're 14 all over again. I've got to choose. I have to, I got to choose between science and writing and like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to choose. I want to, I want to be a scientist who writes and does photography and like, why, why can't I also like the fact that you have to make that decision at 14. Yeah. Right. I would just say like (laughs) what you described where you're like, I went through 10th grade four times to, because I kept changing. (laughs) There's probably so many people who are like, I paid for like seven years of college because I couldn't, I would start with this major and I changed this major and I changed this major. Like, Mm. it's so common, like to think that you're just going to pick. Well, that's at like age 17, 18. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Anytime in your teenage years, especially, I mean, even older than that, but like to expect that a teenager chooses one thing and be like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life Mm. is So not yeah. realistic. And I, I repeated the 10th grade, but then I also changed my uh, university uh, studies a couple of times. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, you got to start a new project, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I just I love that that thread and that theme through your life, Mariana, because I think it's it's powerful when you finally it, and I don't want to like, oh, look at all the credit we get. But like when you finally see a world where look at all these other people who are doing something different than I've been told. And there's been multiple times through my life. And I would guess in both of ours where we've, you know, we've quit our jobs and traveled and you're like, the first day you're there, you're like, this is crazy. What am I doing? I've just ruined my life. And then you meet somebody who's been doing it for like 10 years and you're like, well, they're still alive. They woke Mm -hmm. up today, just like I did. And they're going to go to bed tonight, just like I did. And, and they're not sitting in an office all day long working for somebody that they're miserable. And so it's, it's seeing the other people living the life going, okay, it is possible. So I just, yeah, I don't know. That was just a thought I had Mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. So we're glad you're here showing other people that it is possible and how you've done it. Yeah. 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 No. And I think it's, sorry, go and go ahead. No, no, I'll ask in a minute. Go for it. I, I'm just so thankful for discovering non-monogamy because yeah, while it was great for my relationships, it was also the way that I found to really go deeper in myself and deconstruct all of the other aspects of my life, like regarding work and my passions. It's not only about relationships, but all these uh, concepts that I was able to deconstruct. It's just an amazing, amazing journey that I've been through and that I'm still going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was going to actually be one of my questions is like over the last three years, I mean, three years is a long time and also not very long. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's relatively short time too. Um, how have you, like, what areas have you seen yourself grow in, in, in that time? And I know you just started talking about that. So I'm going to just ask you to expand a little bit if anything comes up. Yeah, sure. I think my biggest challenge was always to deal with guilt and shame. And I I still struggle a lot with that because I always felt that, um, okay, I'm doing something that is not normal. And besides that, my boyfriend, who I love so much, doesn't want to explore this so I felt many times very alone um, and it was really hard. But at the same time, going through all those feelings uh, helped me grow in such a way that today I, I can accept myself much more than I used to. And I know that it is okay to try and to do things that you feel that are right for yourself, even if many times you are just fucking everything up. And well, that happened a couple of times, but I don't know. I just grew so much. I I just, I feel so much more aware now uh, of myself and of the possibilities that life has to offer. 
yeah, it's it's worth all the all the work that that I had to do. And I don't know, through all this process, I went through a lot of therapy, and I've always had a lot of uh, anxiety issues, and they were very attached to this feeling of me not fitting. So yeah, it has been super important for me. And then for my relationship with my boyfriend, it was also so hard at some point, but I mean, I was horrible at communication. That's one of the reasons I created the game because I, I'm not good at communicating. I'm not good at talking uh, about difficult things, but we worked so much on that and we communicated so much that our relationship just became so much stronger and we are so connected right now that even when hard uh, feelings come up, I am now able to talk about them. And I don't know, I think if 10 years ago I would think that I would be this, at this place in my life, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what time, you know, how you change over time and how you grow over time. Thank you for sharing. Well, and hard work, right? Exactly. right? Like the amount you've, you've said a few times, like, like I've jump been, right in yeah, and all the work. Yeah. I've been doing therapy. Like it's amazing. And I'm, I'm curious, Mariana, and this is a conversation. I'm just going to say it at the beginning of the show. Cause I always say it at the end, like, would love to have you come back on with, with your partner at some point, if he wanted to, because this, thread of monopoly dynamics is so common. We get the, the more than any question we ever get is one of us is interested in opening up. The other one is very much not. And what we often see, we're starting to see more, I think is the willingness to say, I want to go on this journey with you, right? We don't have to break up. Like let's explore what that looks like. And we have a handful of people in our community doing this, but it's so hard because you're you're now on two separate paths yet on the same path. And I'm just curious how, at least a little bit from like your perspective, how you've navigated that with your partner um, to get to three years later where you're at in this amazing place that you never thought you would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was mostly learning how to communicate and how to support each other even when we don't fully understand what the other person what the other person uh is going for and i don't know i don't i don't know if everyone can do it but because we always had that relationship where we valued our independence and independency and where we supported each other in uh, all other aspects of life this was a challenge but we made it work through communication uh, for him it was really hard at the beginning but it made it easier that uh, rationally polyamory mm, or non-monogamy made sense for him on paper but he was always super scared that um, he wouldn't like be able to look at me in the same way after I would be with someone else, or he was really afraid of the feeling feelings that that would uh, bring up on in him. But then, well, we were seeing this therapist, and she was just. At some point, she was like, you just have to try it because you can be here wondering how you will feel for the rest of your life. But if this is something that you really want to uh, try to make work and make it work in your life, like just try it. And then we tried it and it was so much easier than what we were expecting. <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know. Right now, I feel like he's actually much better at polyamory than I am. So many times I'm like feeling a lot of guilt and shame. And he's like, oh, didn't you hear to the podcast you sent me? Like, <laughs> it is okay. If, if, if something is wrong, I will tell you there's nothing to feel guilty for. We have an open uh, communication channel here. Just yeah, relax. And yeah, he's been super helpful in that way. Yeah. And so it sounds like the main fear he had 
And, and again, this, like, th- I just want to say, like, this is your experience, right? That it was easier when you did it, or it was easier than you thought it was going to be. And I'm sure that's not to say there haven't been hiccups and haven't been challenges that you two have hit, but it sounds like the, f- the big fear he had, which was he wouldn't be able to see you the same way or something was going to change, didn't come true, which sort of opened up a little bit of a path. And I know you're kind of speaking for him. So I just acknowledge that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that was his biggest fear. And I think um, that didn't happen because we kept um, communi- communicated, communicating through the whole process. And he could feel that I never stopped loving him. I just really felt the need to explore these new connections with people and that was not affecting our relationship. I mean, of course it affected our relationship like time-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays I I live with him maybe four or five days uh, each week and then I'm with my other partner two or three days. So obviously that has some effect in our daily life, but our connection was actually always growing and becoming deeper through this whole process. And he made such a huge work to deconstruct what relationships are for him and also like a big work deconstructing his masculinity and like this feeling of like, how will I feel if my woman had sex with another man? Like this will make me, what will I be? So yeah, I'm super proud of him. Super proud. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think too, it's, it's striking that even with that level of support, and growth and and all of the things that you two have done and that he's done on his end that that you still land in a place of feeling shameful or guilty for doing the things and i just i think that to me speaks to like how ingrained this stuff is in us that even when you're in a system where your partner's like please go this is amazing i love you i support you i'm here for you you're doing nothing wrong your brain's like i'm doing something wrong i'm doing something wrong and you still like you still feel that, that pull. Yeah. I I just met someone yesterday and he said something that I I found amazing. He said, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm a recovering monogamous. And (laughs) that resonated a lot with me because that's what I feel like. Even if I know that I am not doing something wrong in my heart, there's always this, like, uh, I'm, I'm probably like, I'm fucking my life. This will not work. Uh, like slut shaming myself, all of that. Like it, it is, I don't know if I will ever be able to uh, feel 100% okay with myself and my choices. I hope so. I'm working towards that goal, but yeah, just the the journey itself has made me realize that it's in my head it's this is all in my head but it's very strong sometimes and very hard to deal with yeah mm-hmm. 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 totally yeah no it's very it's very hard and it's also like the conditioning too like the conditioning of 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 society and everything I'm curious, as you've had, have you explored non-monogamy the last few years, how open have you been with people in your life, your family and friends about your different relationship structure and how has that Mm -hmm. gone? I haven't. (laughs) Uh, This is the first time I'm telling my story. I am a bit open about my relationships with my brother and this summer, well, I uh, started talking started talking about it with a, a girlfriend, and she has been super super curious and supportive. But the last time I had tried to talk about this with a friend, that kind of um, separated us. Separated us. Mm-hmm. I just felt that she was so uncomfortable with it that that was a huge 
blockage in our friendship and we kind of went in different directions. So I, after that, I was uh, really not comfortable about uh, bringing this up with um, other people. I think my family would actually be supportive, probably. Um, but what I fear the most is the family of my partners, because I know my family will love me no matter what. And for the family of my partners, I just... I just can't imagine them talking about me like, what is she doing to our son, you know? And I don't know, maybe it wouldn't be that bad. Probably it would, I don't know. But I, I don't know if I will ever be able to, to bring this to openly to my, to my life. But yeah, gladly I'm, I'm starting, starting to talk about it with friends and it made me feel so much more comfortable just uh developing this this relationship with my with my friend where we have been talking about it made me feel way less lonelier and i don't really have a community of people i i had never met any uh non-monogamous person until like I don't know, a couple of months ago when I started the project for the game, which put me in contact with some people who were experiencing the same things, uh, but never in real life. So now I, like yesterday, I went to the first uh, meetup of uh, non-monogamous people ever, and I felt so seen and so... It was just so comforting that I really want a little bit more of that in my life in the future, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you said that. I think there's, I mean, we've, so we've had community around us for the last few years when we sort of started to build it, but we've also had friends for a long time that we've made through the community. But there was, for me personally, there was a huge shift when I was able to tell my old friends, my existing friends, something new about me and be accepted, right? You can like, sure, we made new friends who accepted us because they're part of, they're, they're in the know, but to be accepted and loved and supported by your existing friends, it's a whole different level of reaffirming that what I'm doing, like to me, that chips away at that shame. It chips away at that guilt to say, there are other people who also think this is okay even if they're not doing it, even if, you know, they, they love me for me. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's great. I'm actually very tired of having this mask on all the time and having to talk about my partner as a friend. And like to my parents, I even, I usually even say, oh, I'm with a girlfriend. So they don't, th- don't think it's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I am traveling with, uh, with another guy. Yeah. So that's very heavy. And I hope I, I can someday be a bit more open about it. Yeah. 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 It's a journey and it takes time to everyone else. I mean, everyone's on their own journey of when to tell people in their lives. So I just want to, uh, normalize that, I guess of like, it's, there's no, I think it's wonderful when you're able to share that part of your life with people close to you, but it it's not always possible. And everyone has to move at their own comfort level. Um, unfortunately, like there's just a lot of shame and and a lot of really horrible things that can happen too. So it's it's best to walk your own journey and share when you when you feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I was yesterday. Yesterday, so many things happened. <laughs> it was <laughs> a big was, day. It was a big it day. Was a big, it was a huge day. Uh, I was contacted by this uh, television network, um, television channel, uh, Portuguese public channel, that wanted me to go to the news, like to the um, this program that they do every night. Um, to talk about my experience uh, in non-monogamy because uh, they got my contact through the game. And I had to say no, of course. And I just 
because everybody sees that channel and I don't want to expose myself in that way. But at the same time, like, I know this could be such a huge opportunity for myself and to show my work, which I am so proud of. And I think it can actually uh, help a lot of people. And I would love to put it out there and just be super confident about it and myself and my own story. But yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. And that's so hard because you, you know, the power of it, right? Yeah. And yeah. I can really relate to this. Like we, like we feel the power of what we're doing and yet we maybe don't get out there in front of the people like we would because there's still that shame, even, even for us. Mm -hmm. And so to, to have that, that push pull of, I want to show the world, I want to be me. I want to get good work out there that helps people not feel alone, but I'm also afraid. I'm also ashamed. I'm also guilty. Like all of these things, they, they all happen at the same time. And it's so hard to, 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 to hide who you are. It just mm -hmm. is hard. Yeah. I think I will need several lives to deconstruct all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. It takes time. Um, since you just mentioned the game, I know we have, we have more questions for you, but I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about the motivation for the game and, and what it is so that people, um, yeah, can go find it. We're going to take mm -hmm. the place of uh, Portuguese public television for the next couple of minutes <laughs> and let you talk all about the game and why why you think it's going to help so many people. Well, thank you for that opportunity. Um, so this game was actually something that I've created uh, for myself and for my partners because, as I said, I always had a lot of uh, difficulties uh, with communication. So when I started this journey, I found that tools like the Relationship Anarchy Smorgasbord and you know, tools from the Multi-Emery podcast and things like that were helping me so much that I felt the need to create something that was going, um, that was really meeting my specific uh, needs. So, well, also I'm a designer and I kind of have this need to have everything visually organized. I love to have, you know, to-do lists and uh, have them on my wall and like diagrams and everything. So my idea was kind of, I want to create something that I can uh, do with my partners that will show me the things that we want in uh, our relationship and in our lives and the things that we don't want so we can focus on what we actually want together. So, for instance, if we both don't want children, there's no need to stress about it all the time. But many times we don't discuss these things and... I don't know. I just, I was fascinating with the, with the, um, relationship, uh, um, escalator concept because it was for me, it made so much sense that I was obligating myself to, to go through all these steps. And I wanted a way to help me deconstruct that and find my own way and not to, be forced to follow uh, the script that someone else created. So yeah, this game, I, I started by doing it for myself and then I showed it to my therapist and she was super excited about it. She was like, oh, you have to put this out there. We have to make this a thing. And uh, at the beginning I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. This is, this wasn't my plan. Um, but I noticed how helpful it was for me and for my relationships. So in the end, I kind I ended up working with her a little bit to uh, improve the the questions and to uh, make them um, more relatable to other uh, for other people because the questions were super focused on my personal issues. And so that's how it started. And in the end, what um, 
what's out there. It's a, a game and how you play it is, um, there is like 100 questions that are divided in different, um, categories like finances and sexuality and social life, for example, and uh, some others. And you take a card out of the deck and with a question and you're playing this with, with a partner or two, if you have a relationship with more than one person and you both have, um, a yes and no, and a let's talk card in your hand. And you will both answer at the same time to this question. So for example, if the more simple question, uh, I guess, for example, getting married, if we both answer yes, then, well, that's great. We both agree on this. We can put this card in the yes area and we can both work towards this goal. But we, bo if we both answer no, also great. We don't have to worry about that. But if we don't, if our answers uh, don't match or if we play the let's talk card, then we can discuss this topic and maybe get to an agreement or maybe realize that, well, this is not something that we can agree on. So maybe I will try to uh, find someone else that wants to do this with me. Or maybe I don't want to do this with anybody else. So I will just not think, not even think about it uh, again. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe we we'll realize that we are not meant to be together and that's also fine and actually great that we found out. Um, so yeah, the idea is just to open communication and in the end to create a visual map that will help you focus on the things that you really have in common and you want to build in common and the things that you don't want for your life as a, a couple or whatever. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, and what's amazing too, right, is you can play that, play it today, play it in a year, play it in right, you know, yeah. 18 months, and you may be in different places. You may, you know, your answers may change. And so I think that's what it's a, it's not just a play it once and you put your map on the wall and you never touch it again. Like you get to constantly be redesigning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I usually, uh, recommend that to people that they take a picture of the results and then they can play it like three months after uh, and maybe compare the answers with the previous game. And it's, it's just such a beautiful thing to acknowledge that we are constantly changing and that you don't need to hide it. Like I don't need to pretend to be the person I was five years ago for my relationship to keep existing and keep being healthy what's great is that i can present myself over and over again and the person i'm with can decide if he's still in love with me with that person or not and yeah to just keep communicating and keep uh just showing yourself is yeah it's it's the goal of of the game, I think. I love it. I love it. I have a question too. Someone um, from your experience, how, so if you have that deck of cards, lots of different yeah. questions, reminding people, you don't have to do them all in one night, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so like, what is your experience in like getting through as many questions in a night? Like there's, there's a lot there and I'm assuming <laughs> Some questions can spark a lot more conversations than others. And so I could see how some people could be like, oh my gosh, we need to get through all of this. This is really overwhelming. And this could be some like hours and hours and hours of communication. So I'm just curious what your experience is with that. Definitely. Most of the feedback I have received from people is that they are playing the game through several days. They don't play it all at once. Uh, and uh, some people also tell me that they discuss one card each day and that's enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can give a super short answer, but with within every question, you can go so far and so deep. And I think 
that's what's great about this tool is that depending on your perspective uh, and your experience in life, you can make the questions go so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. And uh, I, I just wanted to add that I, the other day I got a feedback for some, from someone that I was so happy because when I, when I first designed the game, I thought it would be more useful for people who just started relationships or even as a like uh, something that you could take for a date or to play with someone that you didn't know so well yet. But the other day, this uh, man sent me a message and he was like, oh, I took this uh, for my ho- for the holidays with my wife, we've been together for 16 years now, and we've discovered so many things about ourselves and so many things that we have to work on um, on our relationship. And uh, I was I was really really happy with that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and shows people in all different stages of relationships can benefit. Yeah, and yeah. if people want to purchase your game, what's the best way to find it? Uh, well, I have a website. It's the relationshipdesigngame.com. <laughs> and we are also on Instagram. And yeah, that, those are the two main channels of um, communication and how you can purchase it. Perfect. And links will be in the show notes for this episode so you can get straight there and you don't have to type anything in. <laughs> so definitely check it out. And thank you, Mariana, for doing that work. It's amazing. And again, the game is beautiful. So truly beautiful. So, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. We will definitely be revisiting it. Yeah. Thank you. So if you're open to a few more questions, would would you be willing to answer, I guess, a couple more? Of course. Excellent. <laughs> so I was curious, you, you made a comment a few minutes ago that you like just in the past few months met like your first other non-monogamous person in real life or something to that effect. And I'm curious then, you've been doing open relating for a few years, how, how has that gone for you in terms of you know, meeting people, whether it's on apps or at events or just out in the world to meet other people and date in an open relationship when it doesn't sound like it's been that common around you? Mm-hmm. Well, it has been challenging because first I have never used apps before. <laughs> Um, I was never, I mean, I, I have created a few profiles, but I, then I never really pursue any connection and I'm also not interested at all in casual sex. I was never, um, interested in that. Uh, what really makes me happy and makes my heart race is to like build connection with people and get to know them in a very deep level. So that opportunity only uh, arrives uh, once in a very short while, (laughs) very rarely. So since I opened up uh, our relationship, I uh, only had uh, two different experiences. The first being um, with a person who wasn't uh, from uh, Portugal. I met him here in person, but then he went back to his country and we had a long time. Uh, distance relationship, which was actually great for uh, starting this journey because it it gave time to me and my boyfriend to learn how to deal with it because there there wasn't really a possibility for me to be with him every other night as I at that time was craving because, well, I was feeling all this energy from a new relationship. So it was a smooth uh, entering in this um, new reality. And then I was not, well, we we kind of well, went our, in different directions, me and that guy. And then for a year or a bit more, there wasn't anyone else in my life, which was also great now that I think about it because it gave me time to really think about what I wanted and it really gave time for my relationship to uh, become even stronger and uh, gave us time to talk about things. But I always knew that at some point I wanted to try it again. 
And so my current partner, I met him through friends uh, of my boyfriend, actually. And this was a completely new experience because he lives pretty close and um, it was another chance to to grow and to learn how to deal with this because now I I really have to like schedule my days and my weeks quite well to make all of this work and to still keep doing my my own things and to pursue my independent uh, activities and to still like nurture my the relationship with my boyfriend so yeah i don't have tons of experience with different people and <laughs> well actually i mean what's what i'm really lacking in my experiences uh, for the other person to have other relationships because that didn't happen yet. And I know it will be hard for me. I have jealousy tendencies. I know that. And I've been working a lot to deconstruct that. And I kind of want to put that in practice somehow one day, but well, it didn't happen yet. So, um, that's my, that's my experience with it. Yeah, I love that. And I'm curious, did the the person the, the moment where you you had that moment of I am so thrilled to be building this relationship with my partner and I've got some feelings for somebody else. Is that the person that you was that really the catalyst and you that was the long distance partner? Or did you have that sort of revelation and then go, okay this isn't the right time. I need to like pump the brakes for a couple of months. And then you met somebody else. I'm just kind of curious how that unfolded because mm-hmm. it's interesting to me. No, that was him. Uh, okay. I pumped the brakes. It was hard, <laughs> but we pumped the brakes. He knew everything about my relationship. And he also gave me a lot of time to go through our um, own process. And once things were more or less defined, I was able to explore that with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too. Mariana, do you have anything else that you want to share with us and get out there tonight? First of all, I, I just want to thank you so much for your work. Really. Like I, I love reading books and listening to uh, theory about uh, non-monogamy, but the opportunity that you gave me to meet all of these uh, stories from different people was what really changed my life, I guess. So I'm, I'm super thankful for that. I think what I would like to tell people who can be, uh, who are maybe listening to this is that this being here, me being here was the probably like one of the biggest fear in my life is to expose myself. And I don't know, I think, well, I guess we are coming to an end and I survived. <laughs> yes, you did. I can, you did. I can breathe. <laughs> yes. And my heart is still inside me. <laughs> yes. You can take a deep breath. And so I, I don't know. I just want to tell people that it's it's okay to feel fear, and as long as you're safe, that you're in a safe place, sometimes it's really worth it to do something that scares you a lot, and just see where where that takes you. Because usually there's not so much to lose. Uh, as you could be uh, fearful of. It's mostly, mostly in our heads. And yeah, so I'm so, so, so grateful that you gave me this opportunity. I know that my voice was shaking a little bit and I don't know, maybe I was sounding a bit weird, but yeah, I'm so thankful. Yeah. No. You did a beautiful job. Yeah. And thank you for your bravery in coming on and, and sharing everything that you did. It's uh I'm in awe of of that and and how um you push yourself to do something you really want to do even when it's scary. Uh so yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you've almost inspired me to cut my grilled cheese sandwich a different way. 
but not quite. I'm still firmly diagonal. You can do it one day. <laughs> one take day. your time. Take your time. Remember, you're going to go start a grilled cheese shop in Portugal. So maybe they'll teach you some different techniques. techniques. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, that's great. Well, thank you, Mariana, for again, for coming on, for sharing with us and for the work you're doing. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. Have a one great. Yeah, have a wonderful evening. Thank you and have a nice day. Have a good morning. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. And we're back. As always, a huge thank you to Mariana for being vulnerable and sharing everything that you did and for the amazing work with your the relationship design game that you've created. We love this game and we're excited to get the word out there and have more people check it out. Again, reminders to use the links in the show notes to go check out her game. And if you use the promo code Emma, you get 10% off. So go and check it out. Yeah. Just echoing Emma's gratitude. I think this was an amazing and beautiful, powerful conversation. So once again, thank you, Mariana, for the work you do and a huge amount of gratitude to your partners as well for supporting you and loving you all along this journey. So yes, it is amazing and it's not lost on us how much work all, it takes all people in a partnership to make something like this work. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. A few quick reminders. Our next virtual meet and greet for November will be November 17th. That's a Friday. You can sign up under the events tab of our website. And that's the main, that's the main reminder. <laughs> Also go and check out our community tab on our website. You can find out more about joining our community. We would love to have you. If you want to tell them more things, they could go and buy a shirt. Those oh, are yes. right there on the homepage. Ooh, the holidays are coming. The holidays are coming. Go and buy a shirt or a sweatshirt or a tank top or whatever one you want. It says give love. It has our logo on it, but not a name. Just give love and our logo. So we think they're pretty cool. We might be a little biased, but we still think they're pretty cool. And we would love for you to check them out. I think it would be foolish to not be biased. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Next week, we have a conversation, a beautiful conversation, as one would expect, with Tasha and David. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week and get yourself a copy of the design game, the relationship design game, and we'll see you all in a week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.